Welcome to another edition of Contractors Corner, a Solar Power World podcast series in which our editors talk with solar contractors and installers. This podcast series is a companion to the Contractors Corner column in our print magazine and on our website, so make sure you look for our featured solar contractors in every issue. In this episode, we are speaking with John Reese, the founder and CEO of Bright Star Solar in Massachusetts. Thank you, John, for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. All right, well, let's start off learning a little bit about your company. When did you form? Where are you located? How many employees do you have? And have you always been involved with the solar industry? Okay, my wife, Mona, who is one of the only women in New England with her full MAPSEP certification, she and I founded the company at the end of 2009. Uh, We met each other earning our MBAs at Babson College, which is known as a, a top graduate entrepreneurship program. And although we both worked in corporate careers before and after graduate school, we always wanted to start a company together. So we spent months vetting various ideas until solar seemed to check every box for us. It fit with our concern for the environment, with controlling our impact on the world, and obviously at the same time was an exciting business opportunity. And today we do our work with seven people plus an extended enterprise of structural and electrical engineers, accountants, website people, etc. Okay. Now, what is your service area? Are you only working in the Massachusetts area? And um, how many solar customers do you kind of estimate are in that range? We, uh, we do only work in Massachusetts right now. We're based in Marlboro, which is halfway between Boston and Worcester, uh, practically neighbors with several of the other top residential installers in the state. This is a really great place, a great hub for us to be with easy access to almost unlimited work. Uh, we have data from 2014, and there were almost 6,000 residential installations in the state last year. Uh, numbers growing every year. So when we first hung our shingle, we would go anywhere for work and did. Uh, today, we're fortunate that we're busy enough to try to control our service area to within about 45 minutes from our shop. Uh, referrals, friends, and anyone who really flatters us by talking about our online reviews can sometimes get us to go a little bit past 45 minutes. <laughs> it's always good to hear. <laughs> uh, what type of systems do you install, and who are your main customers? Are you doing mostly residential installs? Yes, we're primarily focused on residential work. Occasionally we do the, the right small commercial project if it fits well with us. Okay. Do you offer any other services to your customers, like O&M or financing or anything like that? Well, as a company that's, uh, I think we're large enough to have serious experience and expertise, but we're still small enough that there's a high degree of owner involvement. We take a very personal approach to O&M. Formal O&M agreements for residential purchase systems uh, aren't typically more than a warranty. But our customers know they can reach the two people who are primarily responsible for the design and installation of their system with an email or a phone call. Uh, We've never been a proponent of leased residential PV, uh, but not every homeowner can write that big check when our trucks drive away uh, at the end of the job, even if they know the the return on their investment is practically guaranteed. So, you know, it's a lot of money for for most people to, to cough up all at once. So for that reason, we've offered a number of loan options through our supplier and bank networks. And we're excited right now that Massachusetts is unveiling a loan program for residential solar that's going to replace the cash rebate program that it just sunsetted. Going off of the loan program that you've just mentioned, um, 
What is the regulatory situation in your state? Is, is Massachusetts, does it support the solar industry adequately, and, and in what ways? Uh, absolutely. Massachusetts has been one of the top states for solar since 2010 when its SREC program was launched. Before that and until the end of 2014, Massachusetts also offered a nice cash rebate program for small commercial and residential projects. Our opinion is that the state did a really good job slowly closing the spigot on the rebate by reducing the, the dollar per watt incentive they were offering to, to end users as the costs of installations decreased. So as panels got cheaper, as more competition drove prices down, uh, the state kept reducing the rebate. Um, so we, we think that eliminating the cash rebate was appropriate, and we feel confident that our company and most of our competitors would be able to thrive without it. However, uh, there was recently a 37% increase in electric rates for uh, a lot of the state's residents, and that's really kept our phones ringing. So we're entering 2015 with many, many more contracts than we've had ever had before. So from an interconnection standpoint, we are starting to feel the tightening of the reins. I'm not sure if this is driven by a concern for lost revenue uh, or technical challenges with the grid infrastructure and supporting distributed generation. But it seems that our applications, especially for our larger systems, are getting more and more scrutiny. Uh, just this morning, a small municipal light plant rejected an interconnection application we had for a 10 kilowatt system and asked us to, to limit it to 5 kilowatts. So although the, the state has offered wonderful incentives for solar, I think in the future we're going to see some, some pushback from the utilities. Hmm. Well, what's an important business lesson you've learned since you've been in the industry? Probably the, the biggest is to hire A players and let everyone do what they're best at. Don't try to do everything yourself. Uh, there will be strikes and gutters. Just keep pushing the rock up the hill. So where do you see the solar industry in, in the future, maybe in the next five years? Uh, obviously, all of us are keeping an eye on the federal ITC. Uh, in Massachusetts and other states, we're getting the, the rumblings of, of upcoming net metering and interconnection battles with the utilities. We're still excited about emerging technologies and inverter modalities, uh, increasing module efficiency, and of course we'd like to see module prices slide down again as, as we used to be accustomed to them doing. But probably more significantly than any of that, we're seeing a, a move in the future toward a commoditization of residential solar installations. The big national installers and the inverter makers with the, the kind of anything goes design parameters uh, with, with microinverters and panel level electronics, they're, they're already pushing us towards this. Today, solar is not yet uh, like hiring a plumber or having your dining room painted, but I think a move in that direction is inevitable as more and more companies and tradespeople enter. This is going to be a challenge for companies like ours as we consider ourselves a smaller, uh, high-quality, maybe boutique installer where we're really focused on customer relationships, uh, quality, and customized work. What's the thing you enjoy most about being in the solar industry? So whatever challenges the, the day brings, we can always go to bed at night uh, knowing that we're doing something that's not only good for the environment, but it also essentially doubles as a predictable, high rate of return uh, financial instrument for our customers. We work for all sorts of people 
from all parts of the political or, or social spectrums. Um, and I think it's interesting how the, the left-leaning folks and the right-wingers actually find some real common ground when it comes to solar. Uh, you know, what, what's more conservative than, than protecting our natural resources and, and stewardship of the environment? So uh, there's also, we, we, we like to say there's a patriotic edge to this too, since any kilowatt hour that we can grow at home on somebody's roof uh, instead of buying oil from, from overseas uh, is good for the country too. And I, I know we don't get most of our electricity supply from burning oil, but uh, just in terms of the whole spectrum of our energy, the more we can make here, the better. All right. And what do you think has enabled your company to be successful these last few years? Lots of hard work. We, we had a vision and an unwavering belief in what we're doing. So we, we wrote a mission statement while we were still concocting Bright Star Solar, uh, still working in our old careers. And I read it recently, and I thought I wouldn't change a word. So we, we haven't really changed what we wanted to do since day one. We've both got, uh, my wife and I have strong backgrounds in business and management, but it's probably the hours of, of blood, sweat, and tears we've, we've put in. We've actually bled and cried, and, and for sure we've sweated. We're working harder than ever on this than anything else we've ever done. Hmm. Well, it's good to hear. We're always glad to have, you know, good solar companies out there. Awesome. <laughs> All right, John. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. Sure, sure. It's been our pleasure. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner, a Solar Power World podcast series in which our editors talk with solar contractors and installers. I'm Kelly Pickerel, Associate Editor of Solar Power World magazine. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next time. Mm-hmm.